This is Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Mark. And today's guest is a reminder to always do your best. It's Brit Lightning, guitarist for Vixen. Her journey to playing guitar really began after hearing Eruption in a shop and buying Van Halen albums that same day. She started playing guitar in a high school with no music program, but it did have a guitar club. She was the only girl and wasn't exactly welcomed with open arms. But she was dedicated and eventually became club president. And she learned a lot of Metallica riffs and playing them in a guitar shop led to her joining her first band and going on tour while still in high school after some careful parental scrutiny. After that experience, she started her first all-female band. She recruited her sister on drums and they made their debut as the halftime show for a high-level sporting event that I can't name in this intro. All of that led to the band Jaded, which was truly a family affair. Her sister was playing bass while her parents manned the merch table and became roadies. After Jaded ceased, she auditioned for Lady Gaga. While she didn't get that gig, it did lead to other amazing opportunities, like touring the world with four-time Grammy and 22-time Latin Grammy winner Alejandro Sanz. That is a wild story in itself, and Britt tells it here. It also led to playing with Jason Derulo and touring with Rachel Platten. All of this led to her role as a guitarist for the legendary rock band Vixen. But she does a lot more than just shred on classic metal. She's also a director for Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. Britt explains what her duties are for the camp and how that led to an association with Teen Cancer America. This was such a fun discussion and I owe a huge thank you to Simon Davies of Teen Cancer America for the introduction. So make sure you follow everyone in this discussion. You can check out BritLightning.com, at BritLightning on social media, VixenOfficial.com, TeenCancerAmerica.org. And you can also check out Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp at RockCamp.org. You can help out the podcast by buying us some coffee at KO-FI.com slash Performance Anxiety, buying merch at PerformanceANX.Threadless.com, or by following us at PerformanceANX on social media. I hope you have as much fun listening to Brit's story as I did on Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Okay. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Brit Lightning from Vixen and the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, and you're listening to the Performance Anxiety Podcast. Well, hello. Nice to meet you here. Good. You too. I mean, all right. So there we go. I think, I think everything is turned off and my notifications are all... Okay. I'm going to put mine in. Do not just so... Uh, let me... Mode, do not disturb. <laughs> I've done that there one you before. Go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for for hopping on. This is fantastic. Oh yeah, this is great. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. And uh, before we get started, I do want want to say thank you to Simon Davies for setting this whole thing up. Yeah, Simon's awesome. I've been going through and listening to everything again. I haven't. Uh, to be fair, I haven't listened to Vixen in a while, and man. God, I forgot how much I like this, that band. Yeah. <laughs> the way I normally like to start things is to find out how you got into music in the first place, because you've made a career out of this. And it's, I always love to find or to hear the stories of how people get into such a creative career. You know, it's, it's always, there's never a dull story of how I became a guitarist for this band. It's never dull. So, <laughs> so. When did music really start to make an impact on you? Was there a lot in the in the family? Were they playing a lot of music, or did you find it on your own? 
No, my parents were definitely not into music so much. My dad grew up with like one Hank Williams record and that's like all he knew about music. And my mom was, oh, she was kind of into disco, but she was just into working out a lot. So whatever, like workout music, which was not great music. So whatever. So I did not grow up with much um, as far as that goes, but I always had an ear for it in the way that I loved listening to music. I always had the radio on no matter where I was in the car with my parents, I'd ask them to turn the radio on or just at the house. And I didn't know much about it, but I, I always was intrigued by production and the different sounds for some reason, just even as a really young kid, like I was always very aware of like, Oh, now this instrument comes in on the second half of this verse. And Oh, now we've added some percussion here. That's interesting, but it wasn't there before. And why is it only in these sections? And so I, I kind of was just into it. And then, um, Really, when I was 15, I heard Eruption and that sound I had never really heard before. I was kind of into like hip hop and stuff prior to, to that, hearing that. Okay. And I, I didn't even know it was a guitar because it just blew my mind. And I was like, what What am I listening to right now? <laughs> and I was in a store and I asked the store clerk what it was. And they were like, that's Van Halen. And so um, I had been running errands with my mom that day. And um, I said, can you take me to the music store after this? Since I've been running errands with you, I deserve it. And I I bought a couple Van Halen records and that was the start of it all. And prior to that, I played the flute. I was um, always liked, you know, you know, you start with the recorder and then I went to the flute and I played in the school band and I liked the playing in an orchestra. And then I joined like the wind ensemble and the jazz ensemble, all these, you know, so I was into it, but when I heard eruption, I was like, I need to trade in the flute for the guitar right now. <laughs> oh, see, I don't know about that. I mean, I, can you imagine eruption on a flute? Um, I tried it. Yeah, it's not as cool. It's <laughs> <laughs> not as cool as it sounds? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I thought we were onto something there. <laughs> so at what, did you start taking lessons or were you, were you playing by ear? How, how did it start? No, so, so I just knew I wanted to play guitar. And um, so... Really soon after that, I started high school. This was the summer before high school. And a couple of weeks in, as I went to a, a Catholic private school okay. and they didn't have any music programs, chorus band, nothing like that. Oh, wow. uh, it was strictly academic and which really bummed me out because I couldn't even play the flute in yeah. the band. And um, so one day though, I was saying after school and I actually heard an electric guitar. I couldn't believe it. This was like a couple months in. And so I followed the sound. I went down to the room and one teacher had left his room open for a couple kids to just play guitar for like an hour after school. And it was guitar club. And uh, so I popped my head in and uh, they were just like, what are you doing here? It was like a room, uh, no women, you know, all all boys guitar and they were like uh do you play guitar and i was like no but i want to and they were like cool you don't so you can leave and and so anyways but the teacher in the room was he he was like hey hey so so what's your deal are you really interested in guitar do you have a crush on one of these boys here and i said no no screw the boys i'm I'm really guitar but i don't have one yet and i don't but i plan on learning so i just wanted to check this out um and he said well yeah i leave this room open like yeah i think it was like once a week and he goes I have a spare acoustic if you want, and I can show you some basic chords to get you started. And so we did that. And then, you know, once I learned those first position chords, he said, you know, a great way to practice is if you join the liturgical music group. And so, uh, the, this, he needed another guitar player. Nobody wanted to do it because it wasn't cool. Um, 
No, but I was kind of like, wait, instead of sitting through the mass on Wednesday, I can practice my guitar chords. Like I'm totally in. Yeah. Also, like I'm Jewish. I had a bat mitzvah and all that. So I had no interest in the mass anyway. That makes sense. So, yeah, okay. so, anyway, yeah. so anyway, I started doing that. And then um, soon after I told my parents, I really needed to get an electric guitar. And my dad was like, that's great. I'll take you guitar shopping. And I came out with the, uh, you know, I had a purple sparkly Ibanez in one hand and a, a little practice amp in the other. And he's like, wait, what? what's in the other hand? What is that? And I'm like, it's an amp. He was like, I thought we were doing acoustic. I'm like, dad, I listen to Van Halen and Metallica. Why would I want an acoustic? No, I need an electric. So, but he was cool. He bought me my first guitar and oh, nice. little ramp. And then uh, I did take a couple lessons at the music store down the street from my, um, my parents' house growing up, learned just some chords and, uh, you know, the pentatonic scale and then just took it from there. And then I just locked myself in my room and, uh, <laughs> stayed in there at every moment I could and practice and practice and practiced. And then had to learn every Metallica song because that's what the boys were playing in guitar club. Oh, mastered it over that year came back, was a better player than all of them in there nice. and became guitar club president. Wow. <laughs> and then we started, we started the first like jam sessions at the, at the high school. We did like a monthly coffee house night in the uh, cafeteria. Oh, nice. And so that was like my first uh, performance. And then I had a, a high school band with my sister on drums and we would do it in my parents' living room. We had a drum kit in the living room. Oh, sweet. And then, uh, yeah. And that's, that's how it all began. So, <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Before you skip over this ad, give me one minute. Like most podcasts, I pick sponsors carefully and I use the products that advertise here. Pure Spectrum CBD is a product that has been really beneficial for me. They have a wide variety of great products that can be used on a daily or as needed basis. I've been using the tincture every day and it's been wonderful for easing anxiety. 
and I absolutely love the isolate. I use it instead of acetaminophen or ibuprofen, and it's worked so well for the relief of aches and pains. They also have soaks, lotions, salves, gummies, and more, plus an entire line for fitness recovery. They even have products for your pets. See everything they offer at PureSpectrumCBD.com. And if you have questions, they're there to help. They helped me when I had no idea where to start. After you fill your cart, use code PERFORMANCEANX for 15% off your purchase. Pure Spectrum CBD, Pure Spectrum CBD, Pure Spectrum CBD. I heard a story that you did manage to sneak in a distortion pedal into mass at one point, though. I did. I did. I was dared. I was dared to play Crazy Train when the priest walked in. Oh, my God. And, and I hid the I hid the distortion pedal under my chair. I had it all set up in advance. And I actually went into. I got through it once and, and I got the look and I was like, and I shut it down and I got in trouble. But I did it. I mean, that's you can't deny that. I, I did the dare. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. And I know. But that did in detention. That, yeah. Yeah. I'm Catholic. Yeah. So it was, I know exactly. It worth Very worth it. I know exactly the stir that would have cost. <laughs> oh my gosh so your first band was you and your sister then and was she into music too or no but well yes yeah, she was she was i think she just really wanted to like hang and stuff and she was a really great drummer actually yeah. so um yeah and then a couple other kids and we would just do covers at that time you know for the monthly coffee houses and then okay. i ended up joining my first band going on my first tour so you know a couple months or a year, about a year after I had my guitar, I realized I needed to upgrade from the practice amp in my bedroom to a half stack. You nice. Because, nice you know, I needed a little more juice for the bedroom. Right. right like, yeah. <laughs> I had to really crank it up in there. Yeah. So anyway, into the local the, the guitar store and I was uh, testing out heads and uh, the store manager heard me playing. And uh, of course, I was playing like a bunch of Metallica and stuff. And he was like, my band's like Metallica and we just lost our guitar player and we're going on tour. Do you want to play guitar in our band? And I was like, yep. And like, no questions asked, just like, yep, let's go. And I, I told my parents that I was going on tour with this band and they're like, um, you're in high school, you have school and you like, who are these people? And you're doing what? And you're going in a van. It was this total like DIY van tour. And I was like, don't worry about it. I'm going to do my homework that when I go into the bars and clubs, they're going to put X's on my hand. And the, the, it was a band of older guys. And, and so they had to all come over and like, you know, <laughs> pass the test basically with my parents and then explain how this was all going down. And I actually went wow. and it was really fun. It was a really good experience, but that was my first taste of being out on the road, like super independent in bars and clubs, you know, you know, wow. and that feeling of freedom and meeting new people and being on the road and playing music. And I was like, oh, this is totally what I want to do for the rest of my life. And then I wasn't in that band long, but then I started my, an all female band. I really loved playing with women because they weren't there's not they're growing up i didn't have a lot of know a lot of uh female musicians and i met this killer female drummer who's awesome she actually now plays in the um judas priestesses uh all female judas priest tribute band but hillary um nice. she's the best she, was, she became my my best friend and uh so we started a band together called jaded it was like an all-female metal band oh yeah and then i 
couldn't find a bass player. We couldn't find a great female bass player anywhere. I'm telling you, I, I never had more auditions. We auditioned so many girls and nobody would take off their fake finger acrylic nails to do the gig. And they couldn't play. They could hardly play. It was the funniest thing, uh-huh. but we couldn't believe it. Everybody we called in either couldn't play or had the, the nails and it was just funny. Uh, so No dedication. Then, yeah. So my sister, we brought her in. And I forced her to learn bass and play bass, uh, even though she was a drummer. And so she was in the band for a little while. And nice. then, uh, yeah. So yeah. before Jaded, I think it's before Jaded, I heard about a band called Tootsie. Yes, that's where Hillary, Hillary was from. That we're a female, th- uh, all female three piece band. Okay. In Boston, and they broke up. And so when they broke up, uh, that's how I met Hillary. The manager was looking to reform a different version of it, and he found me forget how he found me but he found me and, and he was like you and hillary have to you guys are are gonna be great together and then uh and yes yeah, so that's exactly and, it and you guys had an, a, a very interesting first gig i believe <laughs> we sure did yeah. <laughs> you did your research i like it yeah we did we uh we played a halftime show for a midget wrestling tournament oh yeah oh yeah it's amazing <laughs> well they say you gotta pay your dues yeah. <laughs> you've certainly done that oh my gosh i i would have killed him first of all i would have loved the show for every aspect midget wrestling was just back then i mean that was amazing you can actually say midget wrestling i don't think you can say that anymore yeah, yeah exactly well you know what's so funny there was a photographer there Yes. And so there are, I gotta, I gotta ask him for the photos, but he became one of our closest family friends. And he, he photographed almost every jaded show after that we met at that one show. And so I bet he's got photos of that. I'm going to have to reach out to him. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh my God. You got to post them on your Instagram if you find him. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. So, so we've gone for, for I got to catch my breath after that. <laughs> That's too funny. All right. So. You said your parents weren't really into music, but they were really supportive of you, from what I've heard. They they were really supportive of, of you and, and Jaded. Yes. Well, first of all, I think they were just happy I wasn't doing drugs or, you know, anything <laughs> like that. They were like, oh, good. She's like, and I'm hanging out with all girls. I got an all-girl band, so, you know, there you not go. much about there. And then thirdly, you know, I told you my, I had my younger sister in the band as the first bass player of Jaded. So she, you know, I'm underage or maybe I was, gosh, I think I was 20. Maybe I was just 21 or I started when I was underage, I think. And then I was 21, but my sister was definitely underage. That's all I know. And so she's like, okay, you know, I don't mind you being in the bars and clubs, but now, you know, your younger sister is, is, in this scene too so we're definitely going to supervise yeah i was younger because i couldn't even drive i don't think so anyways they they drove us to the my mom actually got a suburban for a car instead of like the smaller car that she had a volvo before so we could fit the drum kit so we could all drive together to the gig and we brought our own gear we had our our amps in there and my dad was like the roadie he would come and my mom sold our t-shirt she was the merch lady so it became like a family affair and everybody knew my parents and it was like we actually i think it really helped us get along and spend more time together as a family really that's amazing but you know, it was different we'd be and yeah and we'd hang out and we'd, we'd be eating pizza in the parking lot at 2 a.m after the gig and then they drive us home and i mean they were troopers that is amazing <laughs> i think this is all yeah. happening in like the the boston area yeah but new england we would play okay. you know up to from maine to new york to 
Massachusetts, New Hampshire, yeah, all those, uh, Rhode Island. So the band was together for, what, like seven years or so? And you, you ended up touring with some really cool people like Wasp? I mean, God, I love Wasp. Yeah, that was super fun. We went to Europe with them. And, and yeah, that was pretty you know, early we, on, right? Yeah, we did some great shows. We got some good stuff. And we had a good following, to be honest. You know, we were like a pretty... We were a known local band, you know, in that scene, and it was cool. There was a cool scene back then. I don't know if there is that scene right now, so it was yeah, cool. I don't know. And, and, you know, with COVID, who knows what, what scenes are like at this point? I mean. Yeah. But, I know. Same. I don't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but Jaden had this really cool 80s metal sound to it, especially the first album. heavier to me it sounded like that was a little bit heavy i mean i know you were working with uh gary katz on that one i guess i'll describe it this way the the album sounds like 80s metal the, the full length the mm. first album sounds like 80s metal the ep sounds a little bit more like 2000s metal like the era you know like like it it was of that time of the metal that was in that time and i like both because I, I grew up with 80s metal I and mean, I, I grew up with in the, the heyday of Megadeth and Metallica. And I thought I was a Megadeth guy myself, but yeah. But was that Gary's influence to heavy it up a little bit? Or was that just the natural growth of the band? I think that was just the natural growth between me and uh, Hillary. We were just like, you know, she loves playing double bass and, you know, and I was loving getting more into like drop D and like just heavier sounds. And then we had a new bass player when my sister um, decided that the band wasn't for her <laughs> um, anymore. Our bass player was into heavy music. And so we just kind of, yeah, naturally kind of went that way. when you started getting into just about every aspect of, of managing bands and keeping a, a band successful. I knew, I think you were doing the booking and I don't know, you, you just got, you seem to be involved from what I understand in, in like every aspect of running a successful band. Yeah. It kind of felt like eventually if you want a job done right, just do it yourself. Mm. So it was just easier. I was like, I'll handle it. I'll make sure we get paid. I'll find out what time loading is. I'll, I'll, I'll book us. We want to play at that venue. I'll get it done. I'll go there on an off night and meet the owner and talk to the booking agent. I'll figure it out. I'll talk to the promoter. I'll make the graphics. So yeah, I, I like you know, kind of learn all the skills as needed to, to you know, and then it's easier too. And uh, then you don't have to pay somebody to do it also. So there's that. That's a good point. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's a very good point. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I kind of always just wanted to be able to do it myself. You know, I just felt like when you have to depend on somebody and they say, oh, sorry, like it didn't work out or it can't be done. I'm like, 
what do you mean it can't be done? I don't like that answer. I don't like to be told like it didn't work out. I'm like, let me try and I'll get it done. And then, and when I did it, it would work. And so I'm like, well, obviously these people don't, you know, sometimes if you, if it's not yours, you don't have the heart or you don't care as much, or you wouldn't go the extra mile to actually accomplish what you need to accomplish. Cause you just, you don't think it matters or exactly. it's no, it all matters. And so I'll, I'll get it done. <laughs> and then you actually get to, you can control the, the quality of the output too, you know? Yeah. And then honestly it was, it became, it wasn't my goal, but it became cool because then I really did know all the players in the industry and yeah, I could call up a promoter or call up a, you know, and it, it, it was cool. Became yeah. cool. But you know, for a while though, I did, I did have a, a fake name and a fake email and I would pretend to be a guy, not like a young girl in a band so I could be wow. taken seriously. Oh, so I did wow. do that for a while. Yeah. Oh my. And then I, I would go in and meet them. I'd say, Oh yeah. You know, our manager sent me and you know, said he talked to you. Man, you, you learned for quick, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's that's smart. That's especially at that point. I mean, I think things have opened up a lot at this. Hopefully, by this point, I mean, I, I don't know too much of the uh, inner workings of booking and stuff, but I'm I'm hoping by this point things have have opened up a little bit more. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to take your word for it. But um, so Jaded was together for seven years. What happened? What was? Why did the band stop playing together and record? Um, you know what our singer, so we went through a couple singer changes actually. Yeah. When we did the EP that we had a heavier singer then too, that's also why it went heavier Katie. And, um, we, you know, there's some like personal issues there. And okay. so it just kind of was hard to keep everybody on track and everybody showing up to rehearsal. And it just kind of got to be like, well, are you in or not? And I kind of, I kind of got a little fed up and burnt out. Um, I can, I can see that now. Now it makes sense yeah, to me now. <laughs> I was kind of, yeah, we reached a certain point and then, you know, you know, roadblocks here and there. And yeah. I, and so I was venting to a friend of mine who's a guitar tech actually text for, um, Alice Cooper. And I, I was saying like, you know, it's just, it's just a bummer, this and that and complaining. And, and he was like, you should just like be a gun for hire. You should just go audition for a band. And then all you have to worry about is plugging in and playing guitar and that's, and that's it. And then you'll, you'll have fun doing music again. And I was like, that's the thing. Like, I didn't yeah. even think that was an option. I didn't, I don't know. It never even occurred to me. I just thought like, you know, just reading about, I was infatuated with all like the eighties hair bands and Motley Crue, like, like you live in a house together. You have a rehearsal room. Like you guys live, breathe and bleed it together. Like everything. Exactly, yeah. And so I was like, wait a minute. So I just show up and I play with these people and I'm not, we're not a band. We're not like this gang together. And so that was weird, but I was like, maybe he's got a point. And then he said, you know, Lady Gaga has an open call like next weekend. You should just start there. So I went and then uh, I got the call back and then I got the next call back and I got the next call back wow. and uh, I went pretty far in it. And I was runner up at the end of the day. I did not get the gig. However, that one audition led me to pretty much every other gig I've ever had. And you've had some pretty insane gigs. I mean, so after that, you, know, you were in Chick Six, which sounded pretty cool. I never had, never got okay. to see that. I was out of uh, the New York area at that point, but so I don't, I don't know much about that. What was that? Yes, that was a, a musical, a rock and roll musical. It was very cool. It had a lot of incredible talent and the band played on stage. So we were kind of like characters. We weren't in like the pit or anything. Okay. So it, like the rock band were characters. And then we had a bunch of singers and it was like a musical about 
superheroes inside of you. Um, oh. But it was like an all female cast um, of like the, all the superheroes were, were these females. So okay. it was like a really cool empowering type of, uh, of thing. And gosh, yeah. Some of the singers, we had queen V who was big in the New York scene. Well, it was in New York. So most of them were from New York. Alicia who actually now plays with my old drummer, Hillary in the Judas priestesses. Oh, wow. She sings. She's a badass. Selena, Lena Hall, who is now just a huge Broadway star. And yeah, just, it was very, very cool. Man. And that was a really fun run. Yeah. The next, next thing I saw was the, uh, gig that you got with Alejandro Sanz. Did Chick Six end and then that gig came about or was that the reason you stopped with Chick Six? I think that kind of coincided like perfectly. It was kind of like the, the the show was coming to a close and then I was kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to do and just trying to think about that. Am I going to stay living in New York or should I go back to Boston? And then, and then, oh, you know what? I know what happened. Then I did go back to Boston and Oh, you know, my parents had a, a family business and they, it was in telecommunications and they really wanted me to get into it and take over. And I had, I had worked in it growing up since I was like a kid doing all sorts of tasks from, you know, starting from sweeping the floor because, you know, just cause you're in the family doesn't mean you just get a good job right away. Exactly. Like my dad work up, you know, so did every little task, um, and then was like receptionist and then, you know, was into marketing and then, uh, helped with sales and then was, you know, all sorts of things. And, um, they were like, you know, we really want you to do it. My sister wasn't interested at all. So I was kind of the one that it was going to have to be. And, um, and so when I didn't get the, um, then I did the, the Gaga audition and yeah, when I didn't get that, I was kind of like, well, maybe it's just not meant to be for me to do music because because I didn't get the very first audition that I tried for like, Lady Gaga. Oh, for Lady Gaga, yeah. <laughs> so, um... We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. But yeah, actually, I forgot. But I did audition for the musical, and I did get that. But for some reason, I was just like, I guess this is the end of the road for me, and I guess I should just go and do the business and just have a normal life, and I should be so lucky to have that opportunity, anyways. So I started working there. I told my parents I'm I'm committing, and and they were like, Wow, okay, as long as you're sure, like we don't want you to hate us later. And I was like, No, no, this is cool. Like I did, I did some music. I can't say I didn't try. So yeah. And two weeks into it, uh, I'm in the middle of this big meeting at a client with all the, the C-level executives. And I see my phone go off. And for some reason, it was an unknown number. I had this weird feeling that like, I think this is an important call. And uh, so as soon as the meeting ended, I checked my voicemail and it was like, Hey, saw you at the Lady Gaga auditions. I don't know if you remember me, but uh, I got a gig opportunity for you. And so call me back. Wow. And it was to audition for Alejandro Sanz. And, um, Anyways, so I, I ended up getting that gig and I was like, sorry, guys, oh. but <laughs> I think this is a sign. I'm not supposed to do this because and I'm glad I didn't get in too far, too deep, but I, right. the road is calling. But it was like a world tour stadium, you know, not I never played stadiums. And like that was my dream. So I was like, I got to go. And they Man. were like, we totally get it. You have to go. I love so, your parents, uh, by the way. They're amazing. They're, they're they sound There's incredible. Like 
They're really special. Yeah, that I'm is, super lucky. And so for for anybody who doesn't know, so Alejandro Sanz has is an 18 time Grammy award winning Latin artist and. How do you prep for something like that? I mean, it sounds in, in very intimidating. It was super intimidating. As soon as I got it, I, I went to my dad and I go, I don't think I can do this. Oh, no. And he was he was like, well, you have to now. And um, even when I, and then we had rehearsals in Madrid and half the band didn't speak English. Oh my and gosh. So first of all, I'm a rock player. So like, there's a lot of these like altered advanced chords that I've never played before. And I'm trying to figure it out. And honestly, in the beginning, I didn't really know what my role was. I didn't know if I was playing acoustic electric. I was hoping I wasn't doing the flamenco parts. Cause I didn't oh, even wow. do that. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if I was playing rhythm lead and I, it was like unclear. And so I just kind of crammed all the parts and it was very stressful. And, and actually, in fact, what happened was I got the gig and then a week later, I, I was starting to learn and a week later, the, the music director called me and he said, actually, you know what? We thought we were going to make a change to the band, but it's going to be too much work. And I think we're just, even though we're not thrilled with the lineup we have, we're just going to leave it because it's just easier. And wow. so I was bummed. And then also I was relieved because I was like, this is hard. So, and anyways, I told my dad and he was like, no, that's ridiculous. You have to do it. He was like, just, you know, tell them, tell, tell, tell them that you're still going to be prepared in case, you know, and you hope that you'll be the first call. If something doesn't work out, you're still going to do the work and you put it in. So I did. Okay. And sure enough, two weeks later, I got a call and said, um, okay, you're in. Wow. Or you did songs and i was like uh yeah and so it was like i got that call and then he was like okay we're going to madrid and like i think it was like nine days from that so i had not that much time to prepare and then i was like i and then i had this feeling like uh, out of respect because he's spanish i should learn spanish of course i studied french <laughs> in school but so then i had this feeling like I, also i have to learn these songs and i gotta learn some basic spanish like now oh. and so i started taking like quick spanish lessons and um i was very overwhelmed and then i got to the the rehearsals in madrid and realized half the band didn't speak any english the oh. bass player spoke no english and she's and we're comparing notes and she's like and she was new too and she said well and I'm like, is this an F sharp? And she's like, you mean a fa or something? And they do the the soul flage that's do re mi fa. And so I was like, oh, what? And I, and so anyways, we didn't even, not only did we not speak the same speaking language, we didn't even speak the same musical language, you know? So then I got really freaked out and I, was, I called my dad. I was like in tears one night because I was like, I don't think I can do this. Oh, no. And he was like, he always gives great advice, right? So he says, well, do you think you're going to die? And I said, what? <laughs> no. And, and, and he's like, so there's no risk of death. Is that what you're telling me? And I was like, that's correct. And he was like, well, then you have to stay and go through it and just survive it. Wow. <laughs> I was like, okay, thanks for the advice, dad. But he was <laughs> right. I, I just, <laughs> oh but that's it. So that's always what I think about when I face a challenge. Am I going to die? No. Then, okay, carry on. That is <laughs> Make <amazing>. it work. <laughs> Your dad should do a podcast. This is amazing. He, actually, he would love to. You know what? He's the, the wisest man I know. That would be, yeah, he needs to write a book or do something. Yeah, or a daily calendar with his advice on it or something. Hey, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Dad's advice calendar. Oh, yes. my gosh. All right, so you didn't know Spanish. Half the people in the band didn't know English. You couldn't speak <laughs> musically either. That That's just... Oh my goodness. 
how long were you on tour with the whole group there? And how did it, I mean, I'm assuming it all ended up okay. You mean you're still alive? It all ended up okay. But then this was crazy. Then when I finally feel like I got a hold of everything and we have like one week left of rehearsals, <laughs> he says, we got a gig. Um, and it's before the album's going to be released. It's before the tour that we're supposed to do. So we have to play the old tour set list. Because the new the songs that we've been rehearsing for this tour aren't, aren't released yet, so so then within a few days we had to learn a completely other set, and I had another complete freak out, and so did half the other new members of the band. And oh, um, God. and anyways, that's where I got into meditation and learning the art of breathing. Um, me and the trumpet player became best friends, and um, I was like, I yeah we just, I was thinking I should just drink, drink more to just stay calm. Right. And she was to meditation. So I went with her with the meditation yeah, route. I was like, cool. So yeah, my wife just brought me a gin and tonic. So she, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Good service over there. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. So then I, then I did freak out and then it's funny. I actually have an aunt that's psychic and, um, oh, wow. So I, I texted her and I go, I go, how is this going to end up? I'm pretty worried. And she's like, well, I don't know. Let me see. Let me pull up the cards <laughs> in the middle of the night one night when I couldn't sleep. And she's like, she's like, well, I think everything's going to be fine. And I see yellow, yellow roses. I was like, okay. And we did the gig and it was like the most dreamiest gig, like in this castle in Barcelona on this cliff, like overlooking the ocean outdoors. And it was like a dream. And I just remember still to this day, that was the most like out of body experience I've ever had on stage. Like I, I was so worried. I had like some cheat sheets and everything and I didn't look at anything or think for a moment. Like sometimes you can be thinking a lot when you're playing and like it all went out the window and it just went by in like a flash, which was so weird. of yellow flowers in my room saying, thanks. Great for show. Oh and what's crazy is all the other girls, like everybody had different flowers and mine were the only ones that were yellow. So wow, it all worked out. <laughs> That's amazing. Holy crow. <laughs> when that tour ended, I'm assuming that, you know, the, the job with Alejandro ended. And so you had to pick up something else. Is that when you ended up I saw that you ended up playing uh, at least on TV with Jason Derulo and then touring with Rachel Platten. Is that when all that started to, to happen? Oh yeah. Well, it's actually, as soon as the, um, the Alejandro thing came to an end, I was like, I got to move to LA. Like I'm, I don't think, you know, I, it was a long tour. We we're kind of out and about for like two and a half, three years. And I, I was like, you know what? I, then all my friends were like married and buying houses and not jamming anymore. They didn't uh. have, you know, and had their rehearsal spaces. And I was like, everybody's lame now. I gotta go, I gotta go to LA where people never grow up. Right. Um, <laughs> so, I'm like, I'm off to Never Neverland. Yeah. So I had everything packed up. I was ready to go drive cross country. I had everything packed up. And then honestly, like three, I think it was three or four days before I was going to drive across country, I got the call for, for Rachel Platten. And so then that put it 
on pause and I did that, um, uh, which was really fun. And that also came from the, the Lady Gaga auditions. Really? That, yeah. So wow. everything's, you know, it's all related. And, um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. We did a lot of like, uh, TV shows and, and radio shows and things like that. And she had that new single fight song that was out at, that was pretty big at the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was really fun. And then, um, yeah. So then I did that maybe for, yeah, we did at least like six months, I think of, of all those things promoting that, uh, record. And then, um, and then when that slowed down, I made my way across country and then yeah, started playing in a Guns N' Roses tribute band right off the bat doing the slash parts. And right, then right. Um, right from there and also the jams, there was a lot of like jam nights and there still are out here, which is so cool because that was not something I ever had in Boston. I didn't, or at least I didn't know about, yeah. but that you can just go and sit in and play and meet musicians. And it was so cool. So I started meeting a lot of people. And then uh, one of the jam nights, um, yeah, Vixen's manager was there. And uh, so then, uh, he told the band about me and then I uh, went down to jam with them down in Florida. Uh, we had a little rehearsal and, oh, cool. uh, and that was it. So that was not, not too long after I moved, moved to LA, which it really came at the right time because uh, when I first moved out to LA, I was like, damn, everything's pretty expensive here. Maybe <laughs> I'm supposed to like grow up and get a real job. And like, oh, cause no. I get bills to pay here. <laughs> and, um, and you know, I did have, I did go study uh, music business um, at Northeastern University. So I was like, maybe I'm supposed to just like use my degree and like, cause there is a music industry out here. Like there yeah. wasn't so much. So I was like, I could, I could maybe be happy working for a record label. So I ended up working at universal records, um, oh. the legal department for a little while. And it was cool, but I realized, well, I was, the office was in Santa Monica and I was living in Hollywood and the commute during rush hour was like two hours, both ways. Oh. So and then it was like nine to six and I was just stuck at the desk all day. And, and for me, I don't mind working all day at a computer, getting stuff done. The work was very interesting. I enjoyed it, but I hated being stuck at the desk, like not being able to walk around or like, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't like that. So, and, and then being stuck in the car. So I was just always sitting and I just felt like I was like a prisoner sort of, Yeah, I get that. <laughs> and I did not like that part of it. And another supportive parent moment was I was calling my mom bitching every morning, like, like, Oh, this traffic sucks. And this sucks. And I don't like this. And finally she goes, Brit, this is not you. You're a happy person and you are not happy right now. And I want you to do me and, and I'm sick of hearing it basically. So I want you to do me a favor and do not call me again until it's to tell me that you've quit. Wow. Cause I don't want I don't want to hear it. And and it was coming right up on Christmas break. And so she was like, you're going to come home and then you're going to be home and you're going to be bitching about going back. And so you got to just end it before the end of the year. You just got to do it before, before the holidays. Just... Wow. So anyways, I did. And she was right. And then right after that, the, the Vixen thing happened. So it was like perfect. That's amazing. Oh, all right. So I have, I have a question for you. Going back to the Rachel Platten stuff and the Jason Derulo stuff. You did a lot of TV appearances with that. Do you have to prep for that differently than you would prep just for a, a regular live show? It's because some of the sound is different and, and you know, you're not playing. Are you playing in front of an audience or are you just playing for the cameras? Um, 
I think some of them had a live audience sitting in, but some of them were just for the cameras. It's definitely more nerve wracking, way more nerve wracking for me because, you know, when you're live and there's a huge crowd and they're there to see you and their fans and, you know, you got that energy and, and here, well, if it's live TV, you know, you just can't make a mistake or forever there broadcast to everybody on YouTube forever. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, you've got the in-ears or usually, and, and things like that. So you're kind of in your head a little bit more. It's less of like that, that vibe of like, you know, this is a show. So you're kind of more under the microscope. It's more of a sterile environment. So I find those to be more challenging. To me, the way you just described it almost sounds like what a lot of people were doing during COVID with the live streaming is just, playing live to a camera, whether it's your phone or, or, or whatever, your, your computer, but with no reaction from anybody. That's, it's, that just sounds awkward. Yeah, yeah it kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. But it's still fun nonetheless. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, uh, better than sitting behind a desk, right? Yeah. Hey, anything is better yeah. than that so, for me. So when the Vixen gig came about, were they still an active band? I mean, had they been an active band the entire time? Time since you know, the 80s and 90s or was it like a reformation of the band well they had broken up and um bands reunited show had kind of reunited them and then right before they were going to start touring jan passed away right right before their whole reunion um and so they took a little break and then um janet had been working with this guitar player gina and uh so they brought gina in and they started doing some shows and stuff but i think Ultimately, it was kind of a quick fix and it wasn't really the right fit for the sound of the band to keep like the same kind of classic vibe. So they were looking, you know, they were like, I think I think we need to change things up a little bit. And um, that's where I came in. That's right. That's right. And you've got your sound fits in perfectly with the band. It's it's seamless. Thank you. And I was listening to the Live Fire album and it sounds like such a a fun show it sounds like you guys are having fun up on the stage and it definitely sounds like the audience is having a blast there's just so much energy we are a good live band i mean it's yeah we put on a show it's not it's not just about the music we're we're entertaining oh Like I said, I was listening to the Live Fire album and how much love was on. It sounds like you snuck in a little Hendrix into that guitar solo. I did, solo. I did. Okay. <laughs> Good hair. Good that, catch, yeah. So I'm assuming I might have just answered my own the question I'm about to ask you, but do you get a lot of latitude to make the solos and, and, and all your own or do they prefer that you stick to what's usually, there's somewhat, something similar to what's recorded? Yeah, um... You know, I try just out of respect for Jan and the songs and the fans that like to hear it the way they're used to hearing it. I tried to learn the so- the solos in the songs pretty close to what they are on the record. But of course, not trying to be Jan, but being myself, because yeah. that's all I can, um, you know, putting my own spin on it or playing it with 
the way that I would naturally play it, but, but keeping it pretty similar. But when we do like the, any like interludes or, or, or like outro solos, sometimes we'll just extend the outros of songs and just go off and have fun. They're all just kind of mess around and kind of do whatever. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So are you big into gear? Do you like, do you collect anything or are you just happy with what you have usually or? You know what I have under this couch, I keep a huge collection of pedals that I never use. Um, I, at one point I was really into like large pedal boards and now I've gone completely opposite and I am, um, this is less is more. And so now I pretty much just use, um, uh, let's see. I just go straight into a Marshall and I use an analog delay and a boost and a wah and just keep it simple. Wow. And that's really all I need. And in fact, actually, I got to test this out. It just came in the mail the other day. I haven't tried it out yet, but I got a really cool custom pedal that somebody built for me that is um, a boost and a delay in one. So now I'll have even one less pedal on my small pedal. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I imagine that makes it a little easier to tour with, too. Yeah, because we, we pretty much do all fly dates. We're flying everywhere. So, oh, wow. you know. I bring that with me. So it's not, yeah. So that's why less is more. That's <laughs> also, a, that makes a lot of sense. It's very practical. <laughs> yes. So how often are you guys playing live throughout the year? Are you playing a lot of dates or is it? Yeah, we have a pretty busy summer. We're out pretty much every, every weekend and sometimes during the week in July and all of August. And so the summer is busy and, and part of June as well. Um, I know we're doing the Wacken metal fest over in Germany in oh, August cool. and, Sweden and doing some some more stuff overseas. I know we've got a big festival in Mexico City in the fall. So yeah, we're definitely keeping busy and we've got a new single and a music video with it that's going to be released at the end of next month. So uh, super excited about all that. So, and then hopefully a full album shortly. Oh, that was going to be the next thing is I had heard through some other interviews that you'd done about new music and how uh, I guess COVID kind of put a pause on that for a while. So sounds like that's that's coming to fruition yes 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 slowly but surely but at least we're, we're making it right now yeah <laughs> so is that going to be stuff that comes out as singles or is it going to be a whole album or well, probably i would guess we would probably continue to release things as singles just because it's kind of like a singles market right now it really is yeah it's kind of funny because I've, I've spoken with this about uh, spoken about this with a lot of other guests and it's it seems like the market the the industry has kind of gone back to rock and roll's beginnings where everything was a single before the LPs right. and it's kind of reverted. Everything's cyclical. Yeah. It really is. I also went and tried to see some uh, live clips, live videos of the band, some of the recent ones. And I noticed that you guys do some pretty cool Van Halen covers. Is that you You bringing everything full circle or is that something that they were doing beforehand? You know, no, they weren't doing it before, but you know, what's cool is, as I told you, I'm heavily influenced by Van Halen, but so is Lorraine. She wanted to be David Lee Roth when she grew up and I think she's pretty damn close, <laughs> yeah. but hotter. 
and uh and roxy loves van halen so yeah so it, uh, and julia likes van halen too so i actually like when we talked about throwing in like some fun little snippets of covers that was just an obvious choice <laughs> oh it's great i mean because you, you, you start off a song with, with with the devil you do an entire cover of ain't talking about love looking at some set lists i saw something and i I, just, I don't know if it's somebody getting the set list wrong or if you guys actually did this, but did you guys cover War Pigs at one point? Yeah, we just recently started doing that. We oh. recently started, we, we threw a medley into, um, what song? Oh, into Rock Me. And we go from, uh, actually, we got Rush in there too. We, we go from Rush to Sabbath to White Snake. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's the latest. We like to just switch it up a little bit and, and keep ourselves on our toes <laughs> that is amazing oh my god i've definitely got to see a show now <laughs> yes you do <laughs> so how did you get involved with the rock and roll fantasy camp yeah so i had heard about it and was always curious about it and um so i became a camp counselor uh did my first rock camp in 2019 and loved it so much and couldn't wait to get more involved and then of course COVID hit <laughs> and so um but i really got along great with with david fishoff the owner and um we work really great together. And so we started during COVID when everything was shut down and we couldn't have the live camps. We came up with the idea to do these online masterclasses. And I hosted almost 200 of these online masterclasses with artists like Roger Daltrey and Alice Cooper and Joe Elliott. Like we got some great talent, great guitar players, drummers. We got everybody, uh, producers, uh, managers. It was very cool. So it was, just, that kept me going through, through COVID and oh, kept awesome. me learning and forever motivated. It was very cool. And, um, and then we started uh, putting on these camps again in uh, 2022 because still 2021 people were unsure if they were going to, they didn't really want to be in large groups. So we yeah. kind of held up and um, we did eight camps the first year and I, I was musical director for all those camps and um, oh, wow. helped run them. And then, uh, and also being a camp counselor. So to kind of doing double duty there, which was a lot, but yeah. it's always fun. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, yeah, we've had a, a few camps so far this year. So what do you do as musical director? What are, what are the typical job duties? Um, I interview every camper that signs up, um, and, wow. uh, you know, I hear them play and uh, talk to them about their experiences and, and, you know, what they hope to get out of camp. And I place, I form all the bands, um, and I assign them to counselors. I help hire the counselors, help hire the talent and, uh, help do the schedules and the organization and, um, you know, set up the, the live performances, uh, put together the crew, um, wow. make sure all set uh but basically i'm all hands on deck <laughs> so basically like what you what you're doing with jaded it's just kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. i got back to i can do the job you know i might as well just get it done right <laughs> design the graphics i you know i help with all the things yeah yeah i'll just wow just uh you know you learn to be uh, a jack of all trades i find that useful so when <laughs> when do you sleep Rarely. <laughs> well, that's why it's funny. That's why people are like, you know, I'll come back to LA after being on the road or, and then, then rock camp being on the road or and then working all day. And then people are like, you know, what do you like to do? I'm like, I just like to not go out. Like, cause I'm out all the time when I'm on the road, you have to go out, you have to go to restaurants and stuff. So honestly, when I'm home, I like to just cook and hike and be outside and enjoy the beautiful California weather and go to the beach and paint and, you know, just do like 
low key stuff because the rest of the time you got to recharge. I'm a person that super social and I love going out and partying and all that stuff, but then I really need the recharge time. Oh, cooking is a great way to do it. Yeah. I love it. So what, what do you, what's your specialty? What do you like to cook? Uh, Italian, anything Italian. My dad is, uh, yeah, I said I was Jewish, but my mom, my mom's Jewish, but my dad's Italian Catholic. And so he's a great cook. He always, he was the chef at home growing up. My mom nice. didn't cook that much, my dad. And so I got all his great recipes so I can make a great sauce. I can make great meatballs, you know, all the things. Oh, see. We make bread. I make homemade wine. I do. Wow. We do it all. Oh, <laughs> man. And, and see, I grew up in New Jersey. So yeah, I like how you said it, called it sauce and not gravy. Cause that's I'm not Italian yeah, yeah. at all, but that's all my friends is, uh, who are Italian is sauce. And so. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Good. The way we were introduced was through Simon Davies from Teen Cancer America. How yes. did you begin your association with that? What were you doing and, and, and what do you actually do with them? Yeah, well, actually, Rock Camp donates to the Teen Cancer America charity um, that we got involved through through uh, Roger Daltrey of The Who. So he's, he was one of the first guests at Rock Camp uh, when it started over 25 years ago, and he's been a great supporter of the camp. And uh, so we always auction off guitars at every camp for the charity, and, and we try to, you know, sometimes we have cancer survivors and uh, people involved with the program come to the camp. And so, yeah, we work together a lot. They're great people over there. We love what they do. Yeah, I've just started working with them through the podcast, and it's it, it's blowing my mind what they do for the, the kids and, and what the kids do for themselves it's, yeah it's and now amazing. they have that program so it's just it's all good it's so good that's and that that's what uh what i'm doing, working with kenley over there is just awesome yeah. couple of things before we wrap up because i saw and heard some really interesting things so number one you still have that 66 gto Hundred percent. Yes, I do. Oh God, I, love I will that always car. have it. I'm never selling it. <laughs> never. Do not ever sell it. I love that car. Oh my! I've been a big car guy ever since I was a kid. So that I saw that in that video, in the jaded video, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yes. Oh God. Yep. Yeah. My pride and joy. No, I love that car. It's amazing. And I saw that you had your own matcha. Is that something that's still I do, available? Actually. Got it oh, right here. <laughs> I'm drinking it right now. You're drinking your matcha. Um, I got a gin and tonic. Or something's... Well, I'm, I'm going out for drinks right after oh, this, okay. so don't worry. I'll catch up to you. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a different year. You're, you're later in the evening. That's me. true. That is true. Time zone. That's my excuse right now. <laughs> no. Um, uh, yes, I have my own matcha Brit Lightning blend, and it is awesome. You know, I, I was feeling really anxious, and I was drinking so many cups of coffee a day, and I was like... I feel like I'm always dehydrated and needing more and just wired. And, um, I found this at a farmer's market. Um, this lady, Rebecca from a company called got matcha. And I couldn't believe I wasn't even going to take the sample as I was walking by, but I was like, what the heck? And I couldn't believe that I liked it. I, I, I was shocked. Cause I don't, I don't really like tea. I'm not a tea drinker. I just, okay. I don't know. I just, she reminds me of being sick and I'm like, yeah. And so, but I love this. And I, yeah, I couldn't believe it. So I went back and talked to her and I got hooked on it and I 
then I saw she had some other, like, she had like a pumpkin spice, which every girl likes pumpkin spice <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and some other ones. And she had a chai blend and I realized I was buying them all and I was mixing them myself and making my own blend. And I was like, man, it's just so perfect. I wish this was a blend. Like I, I wish this, I could get this in one package instead of having to buy all these different ones and concocting it every time. Right. And so that's how it was born. Oh, wow. That is so chai spices ceremony uh great great matcha ceremonial matcha is what i was gonna say pumpkin spice and vanilla a bunch of different flavors and it's got some coconut creamer in it too because half the time when i'm on the road i don't have milk and i just make it with water and so then it's got some more like a creamy substance with it as well and it is so good oh that sounds awesome and i i heard you got into photography and you yes i love photography was a photographer for about a decade. So I, I love, I will geek out with anybody about photography. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love just taking photos of nature and, you know, the beach. And I really got into having fun shooting the stars and the, the Milky way and stuff. So getting into the astrophotography. That's, that's fun stuff. That's not easy either that, but it's so so I don't know what I'm doing. I've never taken a lesson or anything. So I just go out there and I do a bunch <laughs> of trial and errors and I I'm out there for hours and then one, one shot will actually come out great. And that's, that's the one, but that's all you need. You get one great shot. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's that one little bit of positive positivity and you're hooked. Yeah. So, well, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you. So what's coming up for, for you, for Vixen, for any, uh, any, anything that you're involved with? What, and how can people follow you to get the, all the uh, updated news? Absolutely. Well, you can check out Rock Camp at rockcamp.com. We're always coming up with new camps. We're going to announce another one in the fall. And um, also there's a Rock Camp, the movie documentary that's out now streaming free on Amazon Prime and also on the airlines now. I just saw it was on JetBlue. So it's, I think it's getting out to all the airlines. So oh, cool. check that out if you guys haven't seen it. And um, VixenOfficial.com for all the Vixen upcoming tour dates. And um, stay yeah, tuned for the new music video and the new single. Make and sure you we put got official a lot in there. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, when I told my mom, I, I had a new thing and I'm doing Vixen. And so she puts in Vixen.com and it's like porn. And she's like, she calls me right away. You're doing what? What are you doing? What did you say you're doing? You moved to LA and you're now doing what? And I was like, no, mom, you're in the wrong site. <laughs> she had a freak out. <laughs> yeah vixenofficial.com and then um you can check me out at britlightning.com and one cool thing that i'm doing now is i'm offering stage play guitars um so i play a guitar on stage one per show and then after the show i'll sign it and give it to you and take photos and and that so that's been a fun new thing that i started doing for this summer tour coming up and that is awesome yeah. And so, yep. Britlightning.com and Britlightning on Instagram, Facebook, all those things. Awesome. Well, this has been a blast. Thank you so much. I want to, I've got to keep an eye out for Vixen coming in the area now that you know, we, we've talked and then all, and if I can bring my camera in, I'll take some shots. I, yes. Absolutely. Co contra photography is my specialty. That's, that's what I do. So. That's, oh, good. Well, you got to come out. Then it's worth it. Fly out to a show. You can shoot it. You can enjoy it. <laughs> oh, well, I wanted to promote was that um, I've been a guest on Access's TV Top Ten Revealed. Um, if anybody watches Access TV, and uh, I will be involved with a, a new show coming up. I'm doing a taping of a new episode shortly, so stay tuned. Access TV is awesome. Katie Darrell is one of the greatest hosts 
hostesses of uh, Rock TV. And um, so everybody check that out, too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all your time. Okay, thank you. Nice to meet you. Me too. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.